Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. This is episode 86 of the Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here at the tail end of March. I can't believe we're already three months into 2022. This is absolutely remarkable. And honestly, the world is finally starting to open up. It's finally starting to get back to some semblance of normal here. And I'm super stoked about that. Because that means travel is picking up again. Countries are reopening borders. Life is getting back to that somewhat semblance of what our normal is likely going to be now. And that means that a lot more people will be packing up their cameras and hitting the air. We can get on airplanes a lot easier. We can get into countries a lot easier now. It's just a super exciting moment for us. That's such an exciting moment for a lot of people. We get to see the world again. We get to have new experiences. We get to meet people from other cultures. And that also means packing up that camera gear and traveling with it. There's a lot of us who haven't gotten on a plane with a piece of camera equipment in a very long time. And doing that is actually a bit of a experience sometimes. Packing it to go through those situations of flying can be a little bit difficult. Now, we put our cameras through a lot. Bouncing in turbulence on airplanes, falling from overhead bins, bouncing around on automobiles all over the world. To make sure that your camera gets to their destination in working order and ready for you to do your job and create your art, you need to pack them properly. Now, cameras are rugged, but there is a right and a wrong way to pack them. And as much as you can pack them properly, the better chance you won't be replacing parts or missing shots when something breaks when you finally get into your destination. So this week on the podcast, we are going to cover everything you need to know about packing your gear for your next plane trip and perhaps your first trip in a long few years. As always, I'm your host, Robert Massey. Thank you so much for being here with me today and thank you for taking this time to make your photography better. All right, let's get into packing your gear for getting on a plane. Now, I will be talking about this from the perspective most of us will be taking that we are heading out to shoot or document something, but moving fast and light. If you're being hired for a big production, shooting something specific, whatever, you'll know that not all of these principles apply to you. But for your general trip, for those moments where you'll be moving fast and going to lots of places, this is what we are packing for. I'm thinking personal trips where you're going out to do some landscape photography and see an area and just kind of explore. I'm thinking maybe some portrait sessions or some other things where you're just going to hop on a plane and maybe have one gig while you're in a location or something like that. We're not talking like you're going on safari and you need an 800 millimeter lens or you're not being hired for some giant video production and you need tons of lights and gimbals and stabilizers and everything else with you along with your camera equipment. What we're talking about here is fast and light carry on travel. With that said, let's start with the pre-departure phase of packing with your camera equipment. So at this point, you know where you're going, you know when you're going, and you are packing up your kit because you're about to head out to the airport. My first rule is probably the most difficult to follow, but it's also going to be the most powerful for you. Keep it simple. Keep your kit as simple as you can. When flying, have one body and two lenses with you. That tends to be what fits best in a personal item, leaving your carry-on for all your other essentials. Now, I haven't flown since making the switch to mirrorless, so maybe this is a little bit different. But if you're running with relatively small bodies like the Sony a7C or any Fuji, basically, full-frame Fuji, I should say, not their awesome mirrorless medium format, but a full-frame Fuji, then you can probably get away with two bodies, a lens attached for each body, and one additional tiny lens. Think something the size of Canon's RF16 f2.8. 
or even a small tele extender like a 1.4 times. But that's really it. You'll likely be leaving that 600 millimeter lens at home unless, like we just talked about, you're heading out on safari and ready to put it on the bottom of the plane. But if you're traveling fast and light, this tends to be the kit size. Now, I'd suggest sticking to some classic ranges. Right now, my ideal travel setup is the Canon RF 24-105, RF 100-500, and the RF 16 2.8. This gives me the range and capabilities to shoot nearly anything within a very compact package. Of course, this is if I won't be shooting nice portraits or anything where I'll really need that shallow depth of field. Because, let's see, the 2.8 might do okay, but it's a 16, so you really don't want to be doing portraits with that. The 24-105 is an f4, and the 100-500 to is definitely not a portrait lens. I've tested it that way. It does not look fabulous. If any of that's necessary, I'll actually typically rent a piece of gear once I arrive at my destination, as traveling with something like an 85 1.2 is kind of a tricky pop proposition if you also want to carry all those other pieces of equipment. An 85 1.2 is not fast, it's not light, and it doesn't kind of fall into the rest of the way I shoot when I travel. So you could also go with something like the classic trio, a 16-35, a 24-70, and a 70-200, or a trio of primes like a 14-50 and 85. It all depends on your preference, shooting style, and what you plan to shoot when you arrive at your destination. The key here is to really avoid overpacking. It's tempting to just fit in everything and have whatever you need. But honestly, I find when I do that, I tend to use one or two lenses and then leave the others in my bag. So be critical about what you will need. You have other pieces of gear you need to pack beyond those camera bodies and lenses. Think things like batteries, memory cards, filters, off-camera lighting, if you use any a shutter release system, whatever. There's a lot and you need to bring the accessories you need to make that photo happen. So while we are on this topic, let's talk about batteries. Batteries are a bit of a touchy point with airlines. Most airlines will not allow you to place lithium ion batteries like those you find in cameras, cell phones, and essentially every rechargeable product into your checked baggage. You must have them in your carry-on and each battery must have its cover on or a cover of some form. Now, some airlines will only let you take two lithium ion batteries with you on board. But I've never had a problem with the ones I take, and I normally travel with four batteries. As long as I've covered them up and they're well-packed and not touching each other, airlines don't seem to mind. The big problem here is that the contact points on these type of lithium batteries can actually spark off each other. So if there's turbulence and your bag's bouncing around and the batteries are kind of rubbing up against each other, those contact points can actually spark and risk causing a fire. There's also some heat issues and some extreme temperature issues, which is why they don't want you to be putting them underneath, especially because if a fire does start, no one knows it's down there. And that's a real huge risk of actually bringing the entire airplane down, either in an airport they don't expect or in a really dramatic fashion that's not good for anybody. So keep those lithium ion batteries with you in your carry-on, package them properly. And if I've packaged everything up right, I've never run into a problem with an airline. So just take a couple of extra precautions and you should be able to get four batteries, maybe even more, onto your next flight. Now, sticking with accessories, decide on if you need that tripod or not. If you're a street shooter, perhaps a tripod will not serve you well. If you're a hip shooter, maybe a tripod won't serve you very well at all. But if you are a landscape photographer, you're going to need one. So think carefully about the tripod you bring and if you need to actually have one with you, not just because people say you should. If you don't find yourself using your tripod when you're at home and you're around the area and you tend to just sling your camera out over your side and shoot by hand all the time, don't take a tripod with you. You're not going to use it and it's a waste of energy and a waste of space. But for someone like me who went from shooting from the hip a lot, that's what I did when I was a photojournalist is I never set up a tripod. I was always running gunning it. 
But now I shoot off a tripod just as often as I shoot by hand. And it's really because the type of photography I'm doing is changing dramatically. So if you're in a situation like me where you do a lot of self-portraits, you do a lot of landscape photography, you drag the shutter a lot, anything like that, you're going to want to bring that tripod with you. Now, I'd always opt for a lightweight tripod like the Mi Photo or the Peak Design Travel tripod as they're light and don't take up a ton of space. I have an old Vanguard tripod that's been out of production for a couple of years now at least, if not longer, that has served me for years upon years upon years at this point, and it's light and it's fast, and I actually don't even bother to pull out bigger, more sturdy tripods because I don't want to hike with them. So this thing weighs two, three pounds, and I'll happily stick it into the side of my backpack and carry it when I'm hiking and carry it up all over the place. So once you decide on your accessories, just make sure they're going to fit into your bag properly as well. So if you're only doing carry-on, then you need to make sure that tripod has a spot inside your carry-on to go with you. Just make sure that everything is going to fit along with your camera and lenses. Packing is an interesting experience to get everything together in there when you're carrying as much gear as we do. All right, so that's the tricky part of the way, having to choose what gear you're actually going to take with you and pack into your bag. Now it's time to actually talk about packing itself. I always avoid placing my camera equipment into the baggage compartment of an airline. Baggage handlers are not careful with bags. They honestly don't have the time to be as airplanes push their employees to move faster and finish quicker. And it's even worse right now because a lot of airlines are severely understaffed and they're pushing those employees that they do have to work to the absolute breaking point. So let's not trust people who really don't have the time to be really careful with the things that you love and your really valuable equipment. So do your best to get all your camera equipment into your carry-on and onto the plane with you. I typically achieve this by using two pieces of carry gear. Firstly, I pack my camera and lenses into a bag that matches the personal item size. This is the bag that can sit at your feet tucked underneath the chair in front of you. There are a couple of advantages to this, if you can get away with it. Firstly, these bags don't have a weight rating on most airlines. So you can pack all of your camera equipment, accessories, whatever into that bag, and they don't care how much it weighs. Secondly, this should mean you can get all of your essentials into your carry-on, leaving you with more space to bring what you need without checking a bag. So aim to get what you can into that personal item, and then pack the rest of your gear into your carry-on and make sure it gets into a bin right above or near you. This helps ensure that someone doesn't walk away with all of your gear. For my personal item, I've been using an f-stop gear internal camera unit, or I had been until I got my Shimoda backpack. Now I'll start using the Shimoda internal camera unit. In my eyes, this is the perfect way to carry kit. These boxes are designed to protect camera equipment from dings and bangs and drops. And they have customizable dividers on the inside to be able to customize to whatever it is that you're carrying with you. And best of all, you can slip them into your carry-on when you get to your destination and use it to protect your gear while you're on your feet and you're out shooting. For my carry-on, I use my camera backpack. This way, I'm not carrying around a whole second bag with me. I can just change up what's in the bag, leave some stuff behind in my room, and pack my bag to head out shooting. It's nice and simple. That's why I got the Shimoda 30 liter Explore bag, because it is exactly carry-on size for almost every single airline in the world. Now, while you're packing, remember to cover up those batteries with their covers and place them in separate places in the bag so as not to irritate airport security. And also, detach the lenses from your cameras. This helps prevent any possible damage because if your bag does take a spill, that lens connection spot is a weak point. Cameras are really durable and can take a couple drops. Lenses are pretty durable and can actually take some drops. But that point where they connect to each other is actually a very big weak point. And the lens can become 
forcibly detached from the camera, which can seriously damage both of them. So pack them detached, because really, if you hit a ton of turbulence and that bag all of a sudden has to drop around and moves around quickly, you might get your camera damaged. And that could really lead you to a pretty hefty repair, and this is a really simple, easy thing to do to stop that from happening. All right, and finally, while you're packing, don't forget that you're going to need to get through airport security. I know, bizarre experience if some of us haven't flown for a while. And bags of electronics are eye candy to them. So be prepared to show off your camera equipment when you go through security. My boxes of cables and wires and batteries and memory cards and everything else always gets pulled over by security for a little quick extra check, especially because they're typically covered in mud and some other strange things because I've been out in the mountains. So just make sure that your kit is easy to access for you and easy for them to swab and open up and take a look at. This is another reason I love those internal camera units. You can put them down in security, pop open the zipper, and they can easily see everything. No digging, no fuss, and no muss. All right, you are finally into wherever you are going. You and your gear are there safe. You're in your room, at your bunk, in the car you're sleeping in, wherever. You are there and ready to head out exploring and shooting. Now, there are just a couple more things you'll want to keep in mind while you are out and about and traveling around with your gear. Firstly, you don't need every single piece of gear with you every day. There are many days in the mountains where I just run around with one lens and a circular polarizer. That's it. And honestly, I love, love, love those days. They are fabulous. My backpack is light. I'm not thinking about what lens I should be using and changing lenses all the time. I'm just shooting with what is right in my hands, right in front of me. So decide what you need that day. And if you have a safe space to store your other equipment. Now only bring what you need with you. Now secondly, be cognizant of your surroundings and the people around you. This is something I do even when I don't have camera equipment, but carrying around a fancy camera makes you a prime target for scammers and thieves. You will need to be extra aware of who is around you and what is happening. Thankfully, I've never had an issue with this while traveling. Knock on wood. But I've had enough close calls and situations where I know I was close to having a problem that I really feel this is important for everyone to think about. Now, there are a few things you'll want to watch out for, but scams and issues are kind of dependent by location and how people operate. So definitely do what you can to learn about what to look out for in the specific destination you're headed to. Some of the obvious ones are things like people that you see in multiple destinations during your trip in one day. That could be just another traveler who happens to have the same itinerary as you, but it could also really easily be someone who saw that you had an expensive camera and they're following, waiting for the right moment to maybe take it from you or, you know, have some other issues that might arise. It sounds a bit paranoid, but it's honestly better to be a little bit safe about it. You'll also want to make sure your gear is actually attached to some part of your body in busy spaces. Having your backpack near you isn't enough if it's just, say, lying on the ground or just sitting on a chair. It isn't that hard for someone to come running up, scoop up the bag, and just keep on going. This has actually become one of the most frequent ways for people to steal cell phones. They will run up and grab it, literally grab it from a person's hands while they are using it, while they're sending a text or talking on the phone, and then they'll just take off and keep going, and it's nearly impossible to catch those people. Now, if you're in a location that's not really busy, this isn't much of a problem. Like when I'm shooting here in Banff, I put my bag down a lot, but even here, you want to make sure someone is at least sitting with it. So I'll put my bag down, but it'll always be within arm's reach or sitting right beside me, and I won't really move around without it, especially in situations where there's a couple of other people around. If I'm shooting alone on a mountaintop, I might be 
a little bit more likely to just kind of wander away from my bag. But in busy locations, always have that bag right beside me or like directly beneath my tripod. Because even here, you want to make sure that someone's at least sitting with your bag. We had a film crew have an entire backpack of equipment stolen off of them because they set it down and turned their backs to look at a viewpoint. It can happen anywhere, so be smart. Other everyday situations include crowds of people, people trying to get you to sign things, and people asking you to follow them because typically someone needs help. You can't just be solely focused on the shot. You have to be focused on what's going on around you. And thirdly, back up your memory cards every night. It doesn't matter if it's hard drives, your phone, a Narbox, anything. Just make sure you back up those memory cards. And this goes beyond corruption, which can actually be a huge problem of the memory cards themselves. You can also misplace a card, have it taken, forget it, lose it. Anything can happen to those flimsy little pieces of plastic. So ingest and back up those cards whenever you get the chance. And if you can get away with it, don't format your memory cards until you get home. I even bought a memory card while I was out on a trip because I didn't want to be formatting the cards that I had with me and I didn't have quite enough storage for the last couple of days. Now, lastly, a couple of common questions about flying with camera gear. No, x-ray machines cannot harm your electronics. They may do some damage to film with repeated scanning, so you can ask airport security to manually look at your equipment if you have film, but beyond that, your gear should be just fine. Now, most airlines also suggest you keep all valuables with you and never put valuables underneath an airplane. So, if at all possible, never put your gear under a plane. We talked about this. Now, if you have to, the best way to do this is to buy a hard-sided, watertight case that you can cut the foam out to match your gear perfectly. Think a Pelican case. That's what we're talking about here. This should protect your gear even if the box bounces around during loading and unloading. Then, use zip ties to secure the closures to ensure the box doesn't pop open. You don't want to use those travel locks because they're kind of useless in this case. If airport security wants to get in to see what is in that case, they will just cut off the locks and toss them away. Then down goes the drain, five, ten dollars that you spent on that lock. Instead, use zip ties. Now, also make sure to do this. Put a note inside the case that explains the camera equipment, has your contact information, and a few extra zip ties asking them nicely to re-secure the case so you don't lose your gear. Now, I've never needed to do this personally, but I've had a few other photographers tell me this, and it has worked really well for them. Only a couple of times have they seen airport security go into the bag and not re-secure it for them with those zip ties. For the most part, they're really happy to help you out. And really, that's it. As we get back to traveling more frequently, these tips will hopefully come in handy for you. I know I am really looking forward to the chance to be able to sit on an airplane again, which is a weird thing to say after how much I dislike sitting on airplanes, given I don't fit into those seats all that well. But that chance to go and explore and be somewhere new in the world is just so intoxicating and thrilling and exciting that I I just can't wait for it to happen. So I really hope that these tips are helpful for you and that they help make that next trip you take on a plane a little bit easier with your camera gear. And if you have any tricks, tips, anything like that, let me know. I'm always looking to make the experience better and to travel with gear in a much better and more efficient and happier way. Now, you can find all the show notes to this episode and all the previous episodes, all 85 of the other ones that we've done on robertmasseyphotography.ca. And you can reach out to me on Instagram at robertmasseyphotography. Or you can find the email on the website and reach out to me that way if that's what you're more comfortable with. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really actually do hope these tips help you out and that you are enjoying this podcast. Now, get out of here, get out there. Maybe you're listening to this on a plane, which would be awesome and fantastic. I'd love to see that if you are. If you're listening to this podcast on a plane, definitely let me know. Get out there, do some traveling. Let's adventure. Bye for now.